are you? This question that the crowd asks of John the Baptist in today's gospel is one that I have asked myself many, many times over the last 10 or so years as I have discerned a call to the priesthood. It's a question that on some days I've been able to answer with certainty, and other days the answer has not come with such confidence. You see, I have lived most of my life with a stutter. I still have it. I've done a, I have done a lot of work on it, and some days my speech is more fluent. There's more to that story, but just for now, know that my stutter has always given me a cause for pause. In answering the call to serve God in the church as a priest, where speaking is such a central part, I have tried to answer the question, who are you, with any other option? God, I can't possibly do this work. Let me do anything else. But when God calls us to something, God pursues us. And no matter how many times I've answered the question, who are you, with a shaky voice, as I have discerned this calling, God has always answered me with confidence. I have called you, and you are mine. This idea that God calls people to service who we might least expect is common. While we don't get any of John the Baptist's own call story, I do wonder how John may have responded to the first time God called him. John, I'm calling you to baptize and call people to repentance. This work will prepare the way for my son who will come into the world, a person who is greater than you. I imagine John may have told God no a few times himself, or, or, or said, please let me do anything else. After all, he had his life planned out. He'd spend his days eating locust and honey, and so his own clothes made from camel hair. These days we might call John crunchy. He'd probably be wearing socks with his Birkenstocks. I wonder how John might have wrestled with God when God called him to do this work. Whether or not we know how John at first answered God's call to baptize and preach repentance, we know that John did answer the call. And we hear in our gospel this morning not John answering his, uh, not John questioning his own call, but the crowd. They ask him, who are you? And the real questions behind the question here is, where are your credentials? What gives you the right to baptize and teach and preach repentance? Are you the prophet? Elijah? You see, the priests and Levites sent to question John did not expect someone like him, like him to, be, to be performing the rites of pure purification and teaching. These were jobs usually left to the temple professionals like themselves. John's type was the last person they expected to be doing the holy and important work of God. And John answers them, I'm not the prophet. I, I baptize with water, but the one who is coming after me, who John already knew to be the Christ, is someone you won't recognize either. If we go back a couple of verses from the first chapter of John that we heard read this morning, 
we hear these words. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his people did not accept him. God sent God's Son into the world, and the world did not know him. The world did not recognize God made known to us in the person of Jesus. In the person of Jesus, God did something new. God is always doing something new. God is always challenging our perceptions. God is always asking us to find God's own self in places we don't expect. And God is always stirring. The collect for this day, the third Sunday in Advent, begins, Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And I can't think of a text that better embodies this stirring up more than the song of Mary, which we heard the choir sing. She says that God has shown God's strength, but not how we might expect. He has scattered the proud in their conceit and honored those who are humble. He's cast down the mighty from their thrones of power and saved and given special place to those who are usually left out. He has sent the rich away empty and given the resources of the rich to those in need. In all of this, God has flipped the world as we know it upside down. And God did this in the person of Jesus, who John the Baptist points to as the one who will come after him. Part of our work in this season of Advent is to prepare our hearts to be stirred by God's power so that we may receive Christ when he comes, so that we don't miss Christ at Christmas when we might be looking for someone or something else. So where do we find God? We look to the places that make us wince, the places that stand out, the places that are different. Next week, we will find God on a cold, silent night in a trough made to feed barn animals wrapped in strips of spare fabric. We will find God in Christ, not in strength, but in the weak helplessness of a newborn child. God will come to us in this, our beautiful church, yes, but also in a barn, bugs flying around, mice nesting over in the corner. We will find God not tended to by hired help, but by shepherds, field hands, who have heard the call of God to come and find God's self in a place they least expected. God's love drew them to that place. And God's love still draws us to go places where we might at first say no. As we prepare for Christmas, are we open to finding Jesus in a a stinky, bug-infested barn? Are we prepared to answer God's call to us even if we feel unprepared? Are we prepared to allow God's Spirit to call us and equip us for the work that God has given us to do? 
Stir up your power, O Lord, and come among us. Transform our hearts and help us to receive you in places where we expect and in places where we least expect. Call us to those places and save us in those places.